This week's parsha is parsha is Tazria. Rashi says at the beginning of the parsha, Amr Simloi, quoting a medrash, "Kishem sheyitzirase shel Adam achar kol behema chayev aip meisa bereshis." The same way that when during the sheishis veberishis we find that the creation of man was all the way at the end of the all of the other creations in the world, all the behemoths, chayes, and eifes preceded the creation of man. So too in the Torah, post-creation, we have Parsha Shmini and then we have Parsha Tazria. We have the Parsha of Shmini where we describe in great detail all of the behemoths that are tahirais, the behemoths that are not tahirais, and all the chayas and the eifes as well. And then we have Parshas Tazriah, Ishaki Tazriah, the Olda Zacha, the Tama Shibas Yomim, the Inyanim of Tuma and Taira, vis-a-vis the human species. Why do we follow the animal species in Parshas Tazriah, following Parshas Shmini? Because that's the template that was already created at the Bria Asylum. First, there was the Bria of the Behemoths, the Chayas, the Eifas, and only then was man created. There's a Medrash right at the beginning of Medrash Rabbah and this Parsha that I think elaborates on this Rashi, elaborates on the Medrash, I should say, that Rashi quotes. The Medrash starts out with a Pasuk in Tehillim in Kapitol Kuf Lamites Pasuk A, whereas Adam Arishan is talking. And Adam Arishan says, Achar Vakadem Tsartani. Hakadishvarku, you created me, Achar Vakadem. You created me back and front. What does that mean? There are many Chazalim explaining what this means in different ways, but the Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha says as follows, Im Adam, if a person is Zaycha, doesn't say what, it's, what an Adam is Zaycha to, but if a person is meritorious, Oymrim Lai, we say to him, you preceded all of my sabracious, all of my sabracious follows you. That's Kedem. Kedem means you were created first. You preceded my sabracious, Adam, if you're Zeicher. The Imlav, if a person's not Zeicher, Aymrim Lai Yetush Kadomecha. A yetush, a yetush is like a little gnat, G-N-A-T. It's a little like bug, it's, a, it's like a mosquito. A mosquito, a little microscopic type of bria preceded you. That's what the Medrash says. Ochar v'kedem sartani, you created me first and last, which the Medrash proceeds to explain as meaning that if a person is zaycha, then you were the beginning of the creation. You were Kadem. 
If you're not such, then you're Akhar. You're the, you're the last on the train. You can either be the first car on the string of trains or you can be the last. If you're Zaycha, you're the first. You were the one that preceded the creation. And if you're not, then you're all the way at the last stop. You're the one after the Yitush. You're, the Yitush was created before you. That little gnat preceded you. Which is Pashtas, a, a commentary also on what Rashi's speaking to. That the reason why Admarishai was put after all the famous Chayas and Eifas is to tell us a Musar Shmuz, which is echoed in the Sidre Aparshas of Shmini and then Tazriah, that a person is always in a Mishkal of whether or not are you first or last? Are you the reason for the world or are you the last thought of the world? Which obviously needs a Hasber. The Manavshah, what does it mean? You were Kaida and Mice of Rashis, you were at the end of Mice of Rashis, and the way the Mepharshim explain it is as follows. Hakadishvarko b'machshavtai in the thought process of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had Adam Harishai in mind first. Adam Harishai was the pinnacle of creation. The Nezer Ayatsira, the crown of creation was Adam. Adam was the topless of everything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not go out of his way to create a universe for, for chimpanzees or for ants, or for bees, or any other of the animal kingdom. He just didn't. The reason for everything being created in the world, everything, is for us. Is that Adam should be able to live here, Adam should be able to prosper here, Adam should be able to build the universe, to do mitzvahs, to avoid averas. That's why Adam Arishan was put here. So, in a way, we were Kevin. If we're Zayichet to doing everything right, then we're first. Why? Because we were the Machshava Tchila. We were the first thought of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the planning of the world, we were really the pinnacle of creation. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't create us first. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us last. Part of the reason that he created us last is so that all of creation should precede us, meaning the entire red carpet of creation should be rolled out before Adam enters the stage of the world. Everything should be there. The table should be fully set. The mountains and the trees and the birds and the cows and everything should be there for us, ready to serve us when we are ultimately created. That's one reason. But it also serves as a constant reminder to us that if we ever are not fulfilling what we're supposed to be fulfilling in life, we are at the end. We are behind everybody. The Mahshav of Akadishvarko, we were first. But Lamaisa, we were last. In the Ayam Amaisa, we were created all the way at the end. And so that's what the Medrash means according to the Farshim. We were first in mind, but last in deed. 
And I'd like to take a little tangent, go off on a little tangent to explain what I believe is the Aymet Adavar, and then we'll get to, I think, a very important insight for us. When we speak about a machshava of HaKadosh Baruch when we speak about HaKadosh Baruch having us first in mind, that's not insignificant. It has a bearing on who we are. We know at the beginning of creation it says, Bereshis bara Elohim. Later it says, Eloshan of Hashem. But at the beginning of creation it says, Eloshan of Elohim. And Rashi explains there at the beginning of Bereshis, Bitchila, Allah, Bimachshava, Libra, Bimidas Adin. At the beginning of the world, HaKadosh Baruch had in his mind, Kaviyachal, and the Rabbi he thought to create a world with Midas Adin. Everything should be strict justice. There's no Rachmanis, there's no, you know, second chances, there's no, I'll do it better next time. There's no room for error. HaKadosh Baruch wanted a world like him. He is perfect and he expects everything in the Bria to be just so. The problem is that that's not human beings. That might be a computer program. Things might run, you know, perfectly in the in other worlds. But in our world that we live in as human beings, we are really, really not able to act lamaisa within. We can't. If every time we were supposed to, you know, not slip up, we would instantly be vaporized. There wouldn't be a world. It's impossible. We can't always be perfect. We're human. We have our foibles. We have our frustrations. We have our moments of weakness, our, weak, our moments of passion that we can't always control. And Dr. saw that the world that he had in his machshava that would be a perfect world, a world of midas had been of strict justice, that everything must be so or else. It's not going to be this guy in such a world. came and he was mishatik with a din arachamim. He sort of melded din together with rachamim. He saw that it's not going to be shy of a world of din, so he made it also a world of rachamim. So it's a very strange concept, HaKadosh Baruch Hu thought he had a Havamina that, to make a Bidin, and then he saw it wasn't going to work, so okay, let's scrap plan A, we'll go to plan B, we'll do now a world of, of Rachamim. Doesn't sound godly. It's not the Rebbe Yitzhak that we understand it to be. There's no, there's no such thing as a Shinoi in the Rebbe Yitzhak's Kabbalah. I mean, we do that. That's why we have erasers on pencils, because we make mistakes. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't operate like that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows right from the beginning. He sees everything right away. So what does it mean that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is all of the machshavtai to create a world within, and then he saw it's not going to happen. Okay, sorry, let's try it again. Rachadim world. There's no such thing, Chas as a Shinoi Ratzai in God's world. It doesn't work. Zot the Svasemes. The Svasemes gives us a meridik of the hair in what this means. 
it doesn't mean that Akadosh Baruch Hu Chas V'Shalom had a Shinoi Ratzin, that there was a, a U-turn that Akadosh Baruch Hu made in his planning. But rather, he says as follows, a very important insight, it's a little, you know, metaphysical, but try to bear with me. There's a world called a world an Eilam HaMachshava. And then there's a world called an Eilam HaMaisa. Two worlds. There's a world of Machshava, a world of thought. That's a beautiful world. It's a world that could be perfect because it's my thought. It's theoretical. It's the world of theory. In the world of theory, you know, a person, a scientist can sit and make an entire beautiful theorem and uh, equations and you know it's nice it's nice to live in an ivory tower and plan and dream and in my mind it could be amazing fantasies are beautiful sometimes that's Eilam HaMachshava there's another world called Eilam HaMaisa Eilam HaMaisa is more a rough and tumble world it's not as perfect as the ivory tower of the Eilam HaMachshava the world of Machshava is pure and clean. It could be, could be like amazing. I could do, I could do en- endless things in the world of Machshava. There's no end. There's no limitations to Machshava. Maisa is very limited. Well, Maisa, you know, I might be able to have a great plan on paper, but when I try to put it into action, it just doesn't work. So the Sasema says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he created the world all of the Machshavtai it was Eila in his thought process to make it with Midas Adin and you know something? That remains the Midas Adin in the Eila Machshavah remains which means that even though in the actual world that we live in the world that we live in is a world that's not perfect and it's a world that there has to be Rachamim or else it wouldn't exist. In the world of Machshava, there still is a Midas Hadid, says the Sasekis. Meaning, he makes the leap and says that if the Ayon of Machshava, Lachem is in, that means that he holds accountable our Ayon of Machshava. In our minds, our minds have to be perfect, he says. The Din still remains, but it remains in the Ayon of Machshava. In the Ayon of Machshava, if, let's say, I, I slip up and I speak Lashon Hara, I don't get zapped right away because it's an Ayon HaMaisa. But in my mind, if my mind is not perfect, if my mind is not, as he puts it, Bishlemus, there is a din on that. Now, the din doesn't mean that automatically we die, but there is a grave responsibility if we abuse our minds in thinking things that we're not supposed to think about in planning plans that we're not supposed to be planning, in engaging in certain fantasies that are usur, in the mind it's much more exacting, which is a very big fish. We think in the Eilam HaMaisa, it's much more exacting. We think, oh, you know, you spoke Lashnar, you're going to get, you know, a big punishment for that, and you will. But more so, the din is so much more severe in the Eilam HaMachshava because the Eilam HaMachshavah could and should be Bishlemus. The Eilam I'm a weak person, what can I do? But in my mind, I shouldn't be weak. In my mind, I should be able to control my mind and stay strong and stay perfect. 
What am I planning with my life? How do I see myself in the universe? How do I want to serve the Rabbi Nishlam? How do I want to shite the Ayam HaMachshava? There's din in there. HaKadosh Baruch is judging us based on how we're thinking. The thought process is sometimes much more important in life than even what we do. It says a beautiful bar, B'Shem Nishlam. The Sasemitsas bring this, the Argibal Yaw brings it. The Shlach Kaddish says an amazing part. When Rabbi Akiva was being, his, his flesh was being combed with metal combs, and he was going through Yisurim Nairayim, and the Gemara says that Malachim said, Zutaira Bezuzchaira. Is this what's, what, what it all comes down to? Rabbi Akiva, the Amud Ha'ira, the Amud the Amud in our world. Zutayr b'zutzchara. Sa'akadosh Baruch Hu says, Kach Allah b'machshava l'fanai. This is what my kavana was in my machshava. So be quiet. Don't question me. This is what my machshava was. Kach Allah b'machshava l'fanai. Zot t'shlop. That in the machshava, there's a din. My machshava, all of the machshava, when I created the world, I created with din in my machshava. All of the machshava, I'm carrying out din. The din, whenever I finish Baruch, carries out din. There still is that ayol machshava the din. The world of the mind, the world of the machshava, still has din in it. We are held accountable for our thoughts. This is something that I think as Americans we don't understand so much because if there is, you know, we're entitled to a certain privacy, we're entitled to certain freedoms. And so in my mind, my mind is like, that's off limits. What I do in my that I can get punished for. But there's no thought police. You can't arrest me for thinking something bad. If I do something, if I do a crime, you can arrest me. Thinking, that's my own domain. I can do whatever I want. But if you look into the Svar Makedashim, they say otherwise. In the Ayala Maisa, there's a lot more leniency for doing something bad. Because you're a human being. There's Rachamim. But the din still remains the Ayala Maqshaba. Why can't we be perfect in our mind? Hakarishvarku still has din in the mind. It's a hard concept to understand, but that's it's like the Sasemas. And I believe that that carries over to what we're speaking about in this week's parsha. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says to Adam, Adam, I gave you a mind. The meiser Adam and Abayim. Why are we better than animals? You know why we're better than animals? Because we have a brain in our head. Animals have also brains of some sort, but their minds don't work like ours. Their minds are very instinctive. Everything is instinct. If an animal does something, it's, there's no like major thought process involved. I remember once a science teacher of mine said that the difference between us and, a, and, a, and, a, and other animals, other mammals, I don't know if it's ice cow so I learned this a long time ago, but if a, you know, if let's say we, there's something on top of a, of a refrigerator and we want to get to it, we can't reach it. So we, we understand we can take a chair move it to the refrigerator, get on the chair, and then get the thing off of the, off of the refrigerator. An animal can't do that. An animal just will start jumping on the, it can't reach it, but it will keep on jumping. 
An animal doesn't have the thought processes that we do. An animal can't make a cheshtim like that. An animal can't, because an animal does not have that tafkid in life. We have a tafkid to make decisions every day. Should we get up in the morning for davening? Should we not get up in the morning? Should we do good? Should we do bad? Should we speak off Should we not speak off We have a bechira. Animals don't. So in our minds, HaKadosh Baruch is judging us and seeing exactly where we're holding, based on what? Not as much what we're doing, as much as how we're thinking, how we're processing, how we're making decisions in our mind. What are we thinking about? What are we not thinking about? What are we using our minds for? What are we not using our minds for? That's what makes us as human beings significant in this world, relevant in this world. So, if we use our minds like HaKadosh Baruch Hu planned it, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu made us Kedem, he in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mind, we were first. That means that the entire integrity of man is totally in the brain. If we're able to use our minds appropriately, then we were Zaycha to be before the entire Bria in the Machshava, and that is very important for us. Because that means we're the purpose of the world, but only if we use our minds properly. If we don't, if we're not thinking with our minds, if we're not using our minds properly, if we're thinking about things that are inappropriate, and we're making our decisions in a warped and very instinctive way, then we're lower than behemoths, because we're created last. We're achar. We were the last ones to be created. Which means that in our minds there's a tremendous mishkal, there's a deal in our minds constantly. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is judging us. If we're zayicha and we're using our brains properly to use them to make good decisions and to cleanse them and to be good with our mind, and the machshava and the other machshava were pure, then we are the king of the creation. We are first, because that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu had us in mind first. If we don't, then Achman and we're last. We're beneath all the animals. We're the last on the totem pole. And that's a, that's a terrible, terrible thing for us to be behind animals. We're lower than animals. Achman And we see humankind, the history of humankind, we see what happens with people that are chashev, people that have used their minds for creativity, for building, for healing. The whole world was for them. For Taira, for Limanat Taira, people that sit and learn, Yen using their minds, Bedusha Batara, the world was created, of course, for them especially. But when a person is not using their minds appropriately, and they make bad decisions, and they act like animals, and they're attack animals, they're beneath animals. I once went to the one of the zoos, I don't remember, but when I was a kid, I don't know if it exists anymore. But I think it was probably the Bronx Zoo. And there was an inside, there was an exhibit inside the zoo. And you go from, you know, from cage to cage or from glass to glass and, you know, looking at this type of animal, that type of animal. And then there was a, like a, a sign on the wall that says the world's most dangerous animal. And there's a mirror on top of it. You're supposed to look at the mirror and, you know, be mocked that you could be the world's most dangerous animal. There's no more dangerous animal than a human being. A human being 
you know, kill, there, there, there have been, you know, single human beings that are responsible for millions of people's deaths. Animals are not, can't do that. And a human being could sink to, to deprave, to be so depraved that it's an insult to call them an animal. It's an insult to the animal world to call them an animal. Because they're, they're sub-animal. And that's the deal that we have, but it's totally in the brain. The machshav of a man is where we could be great or we could be an absolute disaster. And after Shparuch was saying, if you're Zaychet to be the human being that I envisioned you, then you are Kedem. You are first in my machshava. But if you don't use your mind properly, you don't think about the proper things, you don't make the right decisions with that, with that amazing brain that we have, then we're much, much lower than any of the animals. We're last. We're the last ones that were created because we could sink to that lowness. Lowness. Now it bothered me the Russian and the Medrash. Yitush Kadamecha, that a gnat preceded you. Except a gnat, and there's so many other animals that you could choose. You could say, uh, you know, a cat came before you, a dog came before you, uh, there's a lot of other animals. You know, an elephant came before you. What, what, what's up is a gnat? Okay, it's a small animal, it's probably smaller animals, amoeba also. There's other, there are smaller creatures than, than a gnat in the summer. What is, what's the measure trying to tell us that, that a yatush came before us if we're not zaychet? So I, I wanted to, to bring a Gemara and Gittin that I think most of us are familiar with from Tishabav. You learn the, if you learn the Gemara on Izokin and the Nuns on and Gittin, all the Gemaras about the Kamsabar Kamsabachor Mesamikdash. So there's a famous Gemara there about Titus Arasha. Titus Arasha, the Gemara says on the Nunvavim Abeis, Shechirei Begidet Klape Milo. He was Mechari from Agadi. Titus was one of the, the generals that destroyed the Besamikdash. Ma Asa, what did he do against Akadish Barku? It's a hard words to say. Papas Zaina Biyadai. He chaka Zaina. The Nichnas for base Kacha Akadashim. And he came with the Zaina into the base Kaidish Akadashim, the place that. A Kayangado could, could barely go into Pamachas Bashano. And he took a Zaina in there, the Tsia Sefer Taira, and he rolled out a Sefer Taira. The Avar Allah Avera. And he did an Avera with her on top of the Sefer Taira in the base Kacha Akadashim Achmanowitzan. The Natal Sayyaf the Gider Saparaychas, he took out a big knife and he stabbed the Paraychas. And a miracle happened by Adam and and the blood started oozing out of that stab hole in the parathus. Because Savahargas Asma he thought with his apicursus that he killed the Rabbanisha and Khalilo. Then the Gemara continues that he basically took the Paraychas, he wrapped it up, he ra- he took it and he used it as like a uh, like a duffel bag, the Paraychas HaKaydesh, to wrap up all the kale on the Beis HaMikdash, he put it on top of the Paraychas, he wrapped it up, and he took it. 
We know the famous Arch of Titus in Rome that has a tzura of the way the Romans were bringing all the spoils of war back to Rome. And among the spoils, you see the, the Menorah and other Kalim. This is all from this story. When Titus came through this triumphal arch in Rome, he came through that gate and everybody was cheering and going crazy over the fact that he was able to finally vanquish the great Jewish temple. He put them in a boat to go back to get praise in the city of Rome. And what happened was that he started speaking words of Tira when he saw that there was a storm that was, that was coming in the sea. There was a natural bayam. And he says to Rabbi Shalom, he says, I see that this God, he only has Gvura on, on the Yam. He only has power in the sea. Very like a one-trick pony, this, this Rabbi Shalom of the Jews. He says, he came to Parai. Parai came, he's drowned in the water. Sisera came, he's drowned in the water. He's also going to drown me in the water. In Gibaro, if the Rabbi Shalom is really powerful, let him be a man and do, duke it out with me on, on, on terra firma. Don't do it on the water, not for the water. Let's see if you can do it on soil, on, on, on real earth. Abbasco came out, the Amrullah, and said, Russia ben Russia ben Benai shall Asma Russia. You Russia, the son of a Russia, the grandson of Asma Russia. I have a little, small creation in my world. The Yatushima. And the name of that Bria is Yatush. A gnat. The Gemara explains why it's called a Bariakala because it eats, but it doesn't remove any waste. So it's a very simple, very, it's a very simple type of Bria. It's not a complex type of digestive system. It just, it, it is what it is. It takes in and it stays. Ololi Abasha. The Tasi Imam Mulchama. The Rabbi Hashem said, the Basel says, you're saying that I can't do Mulchama with you? Okay, I got a better idea. Forget about me doing Mulchama with you. I have a little Bariakala. Try to do Mulchama. You strong, mighty Titos. You come and do Mulchama with this little Bariakala. This call, this Yitush. He came onto the dry land, and as soon as he came onto the onto earth, a yitush came, came into his nostril, and seven years was eating away at its brain, the brain of Titus, the great Titus, the brilliant warrior. The great Kibar, a little Yatush came and was going into its nostril, eating away at, its bra- at his brain for seven years. And I believe that that might be why the Medrash uses this stukma of Yatush. Because if Adam is not Zaycha to using his machshava properly, which is the difference between a man and a beast. 
If you're Zaycha, fine, you're the king of all of the animals. You're everything. You are the topless of the entire Bria. Because you're using your mind in the machshav and the other machshav of your first, and your taka first, based on the fact that you have made good decisions with your mind. But if you're not, then the yitush precedes you. A yitush is an animal which symbolizes the ability to have depletion of the brain. You're not thinking. A person does not think sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you say, how could you do that? I wasn't thinking. Not thinking, that's the ayam of the Yatush. The Yatush is the Bria, the Bria Kala, the barrier Kala in the world, which is able to start eroding your brain one peck at a time until you're, you're demeaned to such a degree that you're not even human anymore because you haven't used your mind. The Yatush has eaten up your mind. The Yatush is the power of the Chalisha Samayach. When your brain is not functioning anymore and you're making decisions instinctively rather than using Svara and using Seichal, that's what the domain of the Yatush is. The Yatush Kadamnucha. You are already preceded by the The Yatush is more powerful than you. As the Yatush overpowered the great Titus, the Yatush can overpower us as well. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, it's not nice. Did he just say that we're like Titus? Did he just say that the Yatush, just like he's doing battle with us, is just like he does battle with Titus, Harasha, who we see what he did with the Zaina and the base Kachakadash, that's very insulting. I, I don't like this guy. How can he say that about me? That's why I didn't say it about you guys. I'm always talking to me. That's number one. Number two is that if I did say it about you, I'm in good company. Because if Chaim Melajner says this part, and he says it so sharp, he says, and I'll quote him, because if he wouldn't have written it, you wouldn't be allowed to say it. He goes and he describes how the human body is really like, it's, it's, like, a, um, it's like a little model. It's a microcosm of all of the Bria, Lamala, there's like, in Shamayim, there's a Beisamikdash Shalmalo. And in Beisamikdash Shalmalo, there's a Mizbeach and there's a Pedish Akadashim, you know, Mamish, like close to the Shekhinah. There's Gemara and Chagiga, which describes exactly in the seven heavens what goes on. In one of the heavens, there's a Beisamikdash, and there are Malachim that are doing Abayda there. And he says the way that our heart, which is in the center of our body, is like a Pedish Akadashim, you know, in the, in the global cosmic picture of things. Us little human beings who think we're nothing, we really are a reflection of what goes on in the Elam, in the Elam Islamala. And the Chaim Malajner says as follows. In Cain, if that's true, what I just said, he's quoting Isaiah, so it's true, that the, the heart is connected to Kedesh HaKadoshim Lamala, but Ace Asher Yasser Adam If let's say we're thinking about an impure thought regarding Neof, we're thinking about some 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 trusted thought comes into our mind. Rabbi Chaim Malajna says it's like 
we're bringing a zainar when we think about it in our hearts and our minds, which are pretty much the same. When we're thinking about znus in our minds, we think, oh, that's my, that's my domain. I'm not doing it. It's fine. If you're thinking about it in your mind, what you're basically doing is you are... It's like you're bringing a zaina into the Kaidesh Hakadashim Le'alyayim. And he says, Says much more, and again, like, I hope this, you know, I hope there, there, you know, this needs a lot of commentary because it's very, very frightening. But what he's saying is that you think Titus a Russia, like I, you know, we could hardly read the Gemara together about what Titus did in the base Kachat Kedushin. Rokhaim says when we think in our Eilon HaMachshavo about being Mizaneh, a, 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 a hearer of Znos, he says it's much worse than what Titus did in the Eilon HaMachshavo in the Kedush HaKadoshim. What it's doing is basically bringing a Zayna in the Kedush HaKadoshim Milamala, because our heart is the Kedush HaKadoshim. Our mind is the Kedush HaKadoshim. When we think impure thoughts, it's bringing a Zayna into that area. In the Ayah Machshava, he says that's the worst. All right. So at the end of the day, we have to learn that our Machshava, the Ayah Machshava, is very powerful. We have to try to really stop ourselves from acting with this, with a, with a. With the instinctive, behemistic actions in our mind. Our mind has to be pure. What we do in Lamaisa, that's an Ayala Maisa. There's Rachamim in that. In the Ayala Machshava, it's much different. We have to be very, very careful with what we think about. And obviously, you know, one of the ways of doing that is the Surmeirah, which is we, we have to try to protect our eyes from looking at things. The Gemara says that if you look at something that we shouldn't during the day, and then at night you have a, uh, an inus. It's not an inus because when you think about things in your mind, it becomes it, it's there. It's a mitzvah. So we have to try to protect our eyes from not looking at bad things. And if we don't look at bad things, that won't infiltrate the machshava, and then we won't hopefully be nifshal. That's on the sur meiral level. I think that's a davar pasha that we all know of. But I want to like extend it a little bit to something which is a little bit more practical, perhaps. What happened at the end of the story with Titus? What happened is, he had this, this gnat that was constantly kicking at his brain and depleting his brain. And obviously it was a very big pain for him. One day he passed by a place of like a um, uh, like a, a place that, that they make um, it's like a coppersmith or some, somebody that, that makes uh, coals and they, it was, and they were banging on they were banging on using a, a hammer to, to bang and then he heard the sound of uh, the Arazapta is the cornice when they were making Whatever this, this person was making, he was, he was banging with a certain type of hammer. Ishtuk. And when the gnat heard the banging sound, he was quiet. 
Omar, Ika Takanto. So he says, Oh, Baruch Hashem, there's a Takana for me. I don't have to hear, I don't have to have that, 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 that insect that's constantly drilling in my brain because when I hear the cornice banging, it stops it. Kol Yaima Maiso Nafko, Umafu Kame, Lenafu Yavle Arbazuz, and Isolam Le Mistaf, and Rochazi Besanaf. When a guy was doing the banging so that Titus wouldn't have to have that mat in his head, he would pay him a certain amount of money every day. When a yid was doing it, he wouldn't pay him. He says, it's enough that you get the nachas of seeing me in such pain. I don't have to pay you anything. And then the Gemara says, Atlos and Yaiman, Abad, Achi, Mikan ve'elach kiva ante dash dash. Thirty days, it worked. This trick worked. Thirty days, banging, bang, bang, it stopped the yitush. After thirty days, the Gemara says, kiva ante dash dash. Once the yitush got used to it, it got used to it, and it didn't. It wasn't. It didn't stop anymore. It wasn't affected anymore by the banging. I think if we can extend the mushal of the Yitush with, with Titus, I would say as follows. But the Medrash means to tell us what this Gemara and Gittin is saying is that the way to stop the Yitush, the way to stop this insect from infiltrating our brains and depleting our mayach, making us incapable of making good decisions with our mind, making ourselves feel that the mayach is a place that we could dream and we could fantasize, we could do whatever we want, so after about, that's the yitosh. The way to stop it, the way to stop the kayach of the yitosh in our brains is by having a hammer that's banging again and again. And what that means is that you have to be busy. The hammer represents work. When a person is busy, he doesn't have time for the Urim. When a person has something to do, then his mind is preoccupied, he shouldn't be able to have my thing I heard once from Chesto Adamski. I think it was him. He said that from the time of his bar mitzvah, he says, I never had a single hero. I didn't have a single hero raw. He says, you know why? Because my brain was so full of Tyra. Says I was always thinking about an Asher of Kivega and a Teretz and a Tzais and a Nesivas and my mind was always so steeped in Taira and Kedusha and Machshava that I didn't, have, I didn't have time to think about anything else. When does a person have time, he says, to think about other things? If, if your person is always busy. The Rambam says this exactly. In the end of Hilchos Yisuri Bia, he says, Yifne Atzmaya Machshavta Udebe Taira. A person should expand his mind and only face Tyra, only use it for Tyra. The Yach of Daita Bechachma and expand his mind with Chachma with wisdom. The only time that a person can be Mahara in his brain with Arayas is only if your brain is vacuous of Tyra. If your mind is not busy, with Tyra, with Chachma. Chachma, I don't know what Chachma means. I mean, Chachma can mean a lot of things. Maybe it means studying for college. Whatever your mind is busy with. If you're busy, that's good. There's nothing like being busy. Problems start when a person is not busy. We know that. 
know, Ben Azmanim is like a very dangerous time for a lot of people. A lot of Bachram come back after Ben Azmanim. I say, how did it go? You know, it wasn't so good. I had a lot of Nefilos over Ben Azmanim. Why did you have Nefilos? Because I, I wasn't busy. You know, you wake up whenever you want and you, you know, and, and then, you know, when you don't have a real surah to the day, when you have too much free time and you have too much time to, like, start thinking and, and too much relaxation is not good either. It's good to relax a little bit, but relaxation has to also be with a gvul, with a miscarriage. Because if it's just a terrorist and your mind is not busy with sheer, with terror, with chakma, with whatever, then it's very dangerous. Then you start doing things that you otherwise would not do. Because, you know, you have time. And now the time, the hammer has stopped. When the hammer stops, the atush starts again. And then we start thinking and, and not thinking properly, not using the Elam appropriately. So a person has to be busy. A person has to always be busy. There's no greater gift in life than for a person to work, either working a melos in Debrei Taira, a melos in, in Derech Eretz, whatever it is, but a person has to be busy. If you're not busy, that's when the problems start. I always tell the people that, you know, want to retire young. In America, the dream is I want to work really, you know, hard, make a million dollars, make a, you know, $20 million and retire by 25, 30, and, you know, what are you going to do the rest of your life? You're going to sit and learn great. No, I want to just, you know, I want to just relax. I want to retire. I want to move down to Boca. I want to sit poolside, you know, colada. That's what I want. Do you know what danger that is? Let's say we say that could actually happen. Person, that's 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 what you're created for. If a person has nothing to do all day, it's trouble. The tush only stops when there's a banging. Every day there has to be a bang, there has to be work. If there's work, if you're busy, if your mind is full of Chachma and Taira, you're Shemayim and Musar, and you're constantly you know busy with things, busy with Shear, busy with Musar, busy with studying, with tests, with work. It's good. It's a good thing. Keeps you out of trouble. <coughs> Problems start once the corner stops. And even when it doesn't stop, even when it keeps on going, you have to still be, be careful. Because even the dash dash, as soon as we're used to things, as soon as we get too comfortable, then the Yetzirah begins anew. And the Yerurim that come into our brains and the pure Elamach Shava could make us back again into a Titus that's able, capable to do the worst Ablas in the Kaidish HaKadoshim, Kalyayna, worse than Titus. If we're Zaycha, we are the king of the Bria. Every time we're Zaycha to the Ayyim we are the Neza Ayyitzira, we are the crown of the entire creation. When we're not Zaycha, when we fall, that means that we were beaten by the Yitush, the fact that we're not thinking. And that creates us, creates a human being into an animal, and sub-animal, because we act instinctively and our instincts are, are horrible. We've destroyed the entire purpose of the world when we don't live up to the human, the human potential. I want to just end with a Misa. There was a Hasidic Rebbe who once advised a certain Hasid of his who was complaining about how he keeps having bad thoughts. Every day, 
complete full court press of the Yitzhar, the Yitzhosh in my mind, eating away at me, Herhurim Rayim, terrible decisions I'm making day after day. I'm drowning. I'm drowning in my mind. Which is, by the way, the Lushen of the famous Igeret Salmusa, Rabbi Salmusa, he starts it out with saying, Adam Chashi B'dimyaynay. A man is free in his imagination, the Osirvimuskalai, and bound in his intellect. He's tied up in his echo, the smart, the good part of his brain, but he is free with his imagination. And Dimyaynay Mailichai Shaiva B'derach Leibritsainay. His imagination normally takes him on the road of his heart's desires. His imagination is able to take you wherever you want and make you forget about all the truths, all the muster and all the, the, the things that we know to be true. The imagination can make us drown. He ends the letter and says, The imagination is an overflowing river. The intellect will certainly drown. Unless we put it on a ship, he rikshas and nefesh v'saras haruach, which is the stirring of our soul and the tempest of our spirit, which means that our the good part of our brain is drowning in the in all of the the storm, which is our imagination. Our imaginations are so stormy; they're able to rock rock our boat so bad. We know what's true. We know what we should be doing, but yet the imagination, the fantasy. It's so overwhelming. How do you stop that? So we said what we should do to stop it. We shouldn't be looking at things that we are looking at. We shouldn't be reading things that we are reading. And we should keep busy. That's the one-two punch to get at the Yitosh. This Chassid asked the Rebbe, how do I stop it? So the Rebbe said, you go to a certain place in the forest and there's going to be a, a big tzaddik there. There's going to be a very, very holy Jew and he's going to give you the answer. He's going to explain to you how to stop the Yitzhara, how to stop the Yitush. So he says, okay, the Rebbe said to do it. So again, he bundles up. It's not the same person, by the way, from the Eliyahu story that we spoke about a few weeks ago. It sounds a little similar. Sorry. Um, he went into the forest. It was very cold and frigid. And he gets there like at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. And there's only like one house in the middle of the forest. This has to be the house. And there's smoke coming out of the chimney, so he knows somebody's home. But he couldn't look into the windows. And he knocks on the door, and this is the tzaddik that's going to open up the door and tell him exactly how to stop the room from coming in. And nobody answers. And then he gets a little bit more nervous because there's nowhere to go at this time of night. There's nothing in the next, you know, 20 mile radius. There's nothing, just bars. He starts banging on the door harder and harder. He says, let me in. Nothing. Not a peep. He knows somebody's in there. Pastor, somebody's in there. The lights are on. There's chimney smoking. And he's freezing to death. And he again bangs harder and harder and screaming, open the door, I need to get in. No one answers. And he just falls. He collapses. He was so upset and so frozen. 
He just collapses by the door, by the frame of the door, and that's where he slept for the night. And he wakes up and he was like, you know, not, not alive anymore. And the door opens. And like he looks up and he sees this beautiful tzaddik with a bekashan, a long white beard and, and long payas and like mamish, you know, an icon of a tzaddik. And he invites him in and he warms him up, gives him a cup of tea. And this person, when he comes to, he's obviously not happy. And he starts screaming at the tzaddik. He says, the Rebbe told me that you were a tzaddik. This is what a tzaddik does. So the tzaddik does. You hear me banging on the door. I'm freezing to death and you can't open the door for me. So the tzaddik looks with his holy eyes at the yid. And he says, Rebbe yid, you should know something. This is my house. This house is my house. I let in who I want. And I don't let in who I don't want. And all of a sudden it dawned upon this Yid how brilliant the Rebbe was to send him here. Our minds are ours. Our brain, Akadosh Baruch gave us our brain. It's not other people's. No one has the right to infiltrate our brain. It's our Kaidish HaKadoshim. And Titus has no right to come in, and Yitush has no right to come in. It's our brain. If we think that, well, I'm free to allow every hearer, every time I look at something, I can think about that thing, and I can think about it as deeply as I want, in whatever form I want. We have to know that it's our house. We're a balabas. We can let in who we want, and we don't have to let in everything that we don't want. Not every schmutz do we have to look at. Not everything that we see do we have to process. It's our mind. It's our Kadesh HaKadoshim. And we have to protect it. In the Ayol Machshava, it's more, it needs more guarding than the Ayol HaMaisel. As much as we're from about, about speaking Lashon Hara, and that's a good thing. And we filter our water, and that's a good thing. And we try to be mocked on every kashrus, every food that we eat that it has the right kashrus label. And we're mocked even on basar, on, on, uh, on, on, uh, that we have black kosher meat, and we have all of Israel, and some people are mocked even on, on yashon. These are beautiful things. That's the ayol ha But much more so do we need to be protective over the ayol ha The brain that we have in our head, not to think about things that we shouldn't. It's the hardest Nisayan in the world. Because it's the one that we think that we are free to do whatever we want. We think that's our domain. Leave me alone. I'm not going to do things, but at least let me think about things. And what the parasha, I believe, teaches us is that even that is the Rebbeinah We have to protect it. It's the Kaidish HaKadosh, and we can't allow things to come into our brain. And it's so hard and the only so is to protect ourselves from what we see, that we shouldn't be looking at things that are not proper because that just obviously you know, makes us go crazier in our minds. And also to keep ourselves busy. When we keep ourselves busy, we make more starim. And we, before we go to sleep, we, we think about things that are good for us to think about. 
When we wake up in the morning, my Rebbe used to say, he's supposed to go to sleep with a kasha and wake up with a terrorist. Kashas, if you think about if you think about something shmer, faces a rashba, ramam in your mind, and that's how you doze off, and you wake up in the morning with a, with a terrorist, that's a beautiful night's sleep. But more often than not, we think about, before we go to sleep, things that are not appropriate. And that's a terrible night's sleep. The busier we are, the better it is. The more we have things to do, and especially Ben Azmanim is coming up, in yeshiva we're very busy, Baruch Hashem, hopefully. Ben Azmanim is a different story. We go home, we have a lot of time and a lot of opportunity and we have to be very protective of that time and that opportunity because we can't let foreign things come in. If we're Zaychah, we're the king of the world. Everything is ours. We have the whole world in our hands. But if we're not Zaychah, then the Yitush has beat us. The Yitush has preceded us. That little gnat that seems so inconsequential has effectively eaten away at our ability to think and to use our brain effectively and properly. In Mitzvah Hashem, the Rebbein Shalom has to give us the Siyat Vishmaya. Without the Rebbein Shalom Siyat Vishmaya, it's not possible. It's not shy to beat that Yitush. That little Yitush does Muhamma with us, just like he's doing Muhammad with Titus. We have to be able to Minatseach over the Yitush with the ability to be to hear that cornice, to hear that hammer blow day after day, to be busy, make sorrow, make sure that we don't have a minute free to do other things. And then, even then, we have to dive into the Rabbi Yishlam. He should give us the Siyat Dishmaya to be protective of what comes into our brain and what infiltrates the Elam Achshava. And in Mitzvah Hashem, we should only have Taira and be Ma'achiv Daita B'chachma. And in Mitzvah Hashem, we will succeed.